Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com, friend of the show. And Andrew, it's good to catch up with you again, man. How's everything going? It's going good, man. Uh, glad uh, glad to have fans in the arena and, uh, you know, to, to have these home court environments is great, no matter whether it's at Florida, Arkansas, Auburn, where it may be. I'm just glad to see Rocky crowds again. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's definitely made college basketball for sure a lot more enjoyable. But, you know, looking at Florida, though, let's talk Florida Gators. Can you explain this team to me, man? Because I felt like just a few weeks ago this team may have been dead in the water. I felt like maybe – uh, they were going to move on from Mike White at the end of the year. Maybe there's going to be significant changes. And then they win against Auburn, you know, the number one team in the country, one of the best teams in the country. They were able to defeat them at home, and they got a nice little stretch here at the end, still fighting for an NCAA tournament spot. But what do you make of this Florida Gator team right now? It's Mike White. It's Mike White basketball team, the most inconsistent you know, basketball team I've seen in a long time. It, you you never know what team is going to come out with Mike White. You never know if they're going to come out and play really good defense, if they're going to come out offensively and move the ball around, if they're going to be stagnant, what they may be. Uh, the, the saying in Gainesville right now is Mike White always finds a way in February and March to win a few games to, to get everyone hyped for next season. And that's exactly what Saturday was. I think if you ask, 99% of people, they would say Florida gets blown out in that game. That 1% was probably diehard, loyal Gators who never say Florida was going to lose. Nobody expected Florida to win on Saturday. And um, even though Auburn hadn't won since 99 in, in Gainesville, um, the hope was still that Auburn, or the thought was still that Auburn was going to go. And, and you thought Florida and the hope was Florida would keep it close. And they did for the most part and found a way. Uh, and it hasn't happened very often, but they found a way late in the game to, to make a few plays to win. Even though they did try to throw it away late and give Auburn a last-second shot to win, they, they held on. In that game against Auburn, what was the key? What did Florida do well? Yeah, I mean, they played really good defense. And, and if you follow Mike White's team, when they play really good defense, and allow their offense to kind of feed off their defense and get it in transition to where they have those transition threes or those easy uh, baskets. That's where they succeed. This is a basketball team that struggles a ton when it comes to half-court offense. They don't have an identity on on offense. They don't have a guy that they can really go to. So against Auburn, they were able to play really good defense to get going a little bit. Uh, Auburn did turn the ball over uncharacteristically a lot in the game. And for the, for the most part of the game, they, they kept Auburn's bigs in trouble. Kessler and, and Smith were in foul trouble. And uh, and Smith, until the second half, was kind of held down a little bit. He exploded in the second half and, and really made Auburn come back in that game. But it was just defense. Defense released the offense. I kind of, in a little bit, they mirror Arkansas a little bit, where Arkansas's really, really good when their defense turns into offense. Now, Andrew, I want to have a question for you that you brought up just earlier in your previous answer about Auburn not winning down in Gainesville since 99. We know Arkansas has not won in Gainesville since 1995. And I don't know, there may be other teams that have struggled to win down in Gainesville, but why is that? Because, listen, I get it. Like, home court advantage is, 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 it goes a long way in college basketball, and Florida's had a lot of great teams in that span. But you feel like a dead clock's right twice a day. Like, at some point, you got to win one of those games. What is it about these teams having these long losing streaks down in Gainesville? Well, 
I wish I knew the answer. I, you know, for Arkansas, it's mind-boggling to me because they're unlike Auburn, where Arkansas is, is hasn't had that long drought of being bad at basketball. Auburn wasn't very good until Bruce Pearl got there. Uh, but, you know, obviously the crowd is really, really good in Gainesville. It's really loud. Uh, they're on top of the court uh, there, like most places, but they're really, really loud there. Um, and as Florida has not been atrocious at times uh, throughout the few last, you know, ten to fifteen years. They haven't been particularly great, but they've just been okay. I just, I really don't know. I, that's a, it's a question that I've asked several people as well. It's just like, you know, why, why is it that that several teams, Tennessee, uh, has struggled until lately in Gainesville as well. So. Several teams that have been good throughout the you know period of the last ten to fifteen years have struggled, and outside of the crowd noise, I, I really don't know. And, and Arkansas to me is the mind-boggling one because they've had some good teams losing games. So, uh, how how consistent has Florida been as far as home and road? Like, do they tend to struggle on the road and uh, just play a lot better at home? <laughs> Uh, this team does play uh, a, a lot better there. Um, again, they're a little bit more veteran-based team, so you, you wouldn't expect it to be that big of a difference, but they're definitely a better team at home. Uh, they're better defensively at home. They play off the crowd at home, uh, and, and that's a big thing, and, and that's a, that's going to be the key tonight for, for Florida is to not turn the ball over and then allow – easy baskets for Arkansas. They need to be able to get that defense going, allow the crowd to get them to, you know, play up a little bit and create turnovers because I don't know that Florida can go in the half court and score consistently against Arkansas. They haven't shown that against bad teams that are defensively, and Arkansas is one of the best teams in the country defensively. Andrew, you know, you mentioned about Mike White. Is he the coach next year? I mean, what's his status with the Gators right now? Because obviously there's a lot of expectation that go along with it. Is it one of those make the tournament or bust type years? What's his status? Yeah, I don't know that it's make the tournament and and he's completely safe. I I really don't. I know this, and that is he is well-liked, well-loved by the administration of the University of Florida. Mike White does everything you could ask for of a basketball coach outside of the court he he doesn't bring negative publicity to the to the uh university uh he consistently you know has florida competing to get in the, into the ncaa tournament um but the, the issue is is the recruiting and that kind of stuff and, and there's been a lot of people who consistently call for mike white you know to be let go and, and it's getting you know a, a lot a lot more heat on the seat uh, per se this uh this year because a lot of it the last few years has been Florida's been one of the youngest teams in the country. Well, now they went out and did, did the transfer route, the transfer portal, and they're one of the oldest teams. So what's kind of the excuse now? And, and there is no really excuse. It's kind of the, the same old thing that you've seen the last few years out of Mike White, and that's a team offensively that has zero identity. And if they don't come out and play good defense, they're not very good. So I, I don't want to say that Mike White's not the coach at Florida next year, but I, I will say that I think Mike White needs a lot of things to go in his favor going forward for him to really feel good about his seat next year. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are saying maybe Mike White takes a smaller job and, and has a soft landing spot so that there's no bad blood between him and Florida. And that's something I could definitely see. I know the administration would like that. The administration does not want to fire Mike White. So, Andrew, if they did move on Mike White, let's just play the for instance game. I mean, is there a name that everybody's been throwing around? You know, they want Billy Donovan back. I mean, what, what's, what's, what's the overall feeling of if they decided to make a move, who could be the next head coach? 
Yeah, there hasn't been a ton of talk uh, per se. I mean, obviously they would love Billy Donovan to come back, but that's not going to happen with his Chicago Bulls number one in the uh, in the East at the moment. Uh, but uh, the, the consistency that we've heard is they want a team that can come in and, and play a lot like you know the Auburns of the world that get up and down and and, and are good offensively. I, I think that it's kind of like we we all talk about in football, where a, a, a defensive head coach nowadays is such in the minority because it's not fun and gun anymore. It's it's not fun to watch a, a six to three ball game in football, and that's kind of the way it is in basketball. Uh, they, they want somebody that can come in and can score some points and has an offense that's just not so stagnant. I mean, the, the amount of times Florida has shot clock violations or are throwing up shots at the end of the buzzer that have zero chance of going in. You couldn't count them on 100 fingers if you had 100 fingers in the last few years, and, and fans are just tired of that. So whoever it may be, they want a guy that's an offensive-minded guy. You mentioned that Mike White's teams, they will have a game every now and then, every season that's going to wow you. Is it a case of his teams get better at the end of the season? Because if that is the case, you know, looking at it at the end of their schedule, this would be the time to be playing the best basketball for them and having just the win over Auburn. You got Arkansas coming up, got Kentucky to end the schedule. So just traditionally with his teams during his tenure there, do they get better as the season goes on? Yeah, they do. Um, definitely, you know, February and March is, is when his teams have been playing their best ball um, over the last few years. And, you know, you, you look at the last couple of years where they, you know, won a few games in the SEC tournament and won a game or two in the uh, NCAA tournament and then, you know, had some of those flaws show up in the NCAA tournament where it just is like, okay, what's going on there? And I think a lot of it is the guys start to feel the pressure a little bit. I mean, you look at it now, depending on who's, uh, bracketology you look at for it is either on the, the outside looking in or just in the in the tournament um, by by the skin of their teeth. So you start to see these guys maybe understand and take their intensity on the defensive level up a little bit, and then it allows them to get going offensively. Again, when Florida can run, they're okay. But when they have to go a half-court offense, that's where they struggle. And I think the guys just understanding and that pressure gets to them a little bit of, okay, it's now or never if we're going to get into the tournament. And looking at this year's schedule, what's been the best win for Florida? Oh, absolutely the Auburn win. Uh, you know, and outside the Auburn win, probably the Ohio State game. Uh, those were probably their two best games that they played full games all year. Um, and, and I guess that's kind of what gives you hope a little bit for the team is, you know they have it in them to play really good defense. I consider Auburn the best team in the country. Uh, maybe you guys disagree with me there, but I, if you can shut Auburn down for what they did for the most part of the game, you can shut anybody down. But it's a, a lack of focus and not playing good defense and then turning the ball over and not playing with that high-level intensity. So it, you see it there, and you've seen it in those two games, and then you've seen games you know, like the Alabama game where they just came out and they they looked pathetic in the Alabama game. Uh, and, and you had games throughout the year where they just come out and it, and it looks like a team that's never played ball together before. So that's the frustrating part is you see it at times and then at other times you just say, what's going on here? So looking at the game specifically tonight, Andrew, what is the thing that Arkansas is going to need to do if they want to go down and get that victory in Gainesville for the first time? What is the weakness that they can exploit if you're the Razorbacks? Yeah, I mean, if you if you pressure and you're in that full court press and, and you're pressing our uh, uh, Florida's ball handlers and, and getting it up in their face, this is a, a team that will turn the ball over. Tyree Appleby will turn the ball over. Uh, 
Myris Jones will turn the ball over. Uh, these guys will turn it over if you get in there in their face and get in that full court pressure. And that's been a problem when they faced it a couple times this year. So that's definitely something to do there. And uh, and, and not allow the, the, the shooters in Appleby and, and Myron Jones to get going from three. That's been Florida's kind of calling card the last few games. That those two guys have been able to get going. And then Colin Castleton inside as well. But Colin Castleton's one of those guys that he's going to get his points. It, it doesn't really it's not too much of a focus on him. It's not allowing the guys around him to get going and, and putting pressure. If, if Arkansas puts pressure and can force turnovers there, they, they can win this game double digits and uh, run Florida out off the court. If, if Florida comes in and doesn't turn the ball over and can get some shots going, I think they can stay in this ball game. Now, you mentioned that Florida is not – they really don't have that go-to player that they can look to to take over a game, but are they stronger in the backcourt with the guards or are they stronger up front? Yeah, I mean, they want to go to Colin Castleton inside. That's where they that's where they want to go. Uh, he's kind of their their leader, their uh, vocal leader. Uh, he in that Auburn game, he kind of had fire coming out of his eyes. He was puffed up, fired up, and was ready to go. So they definitely want to go there. Um, kind of the strength the last few games have been Jones and Appleby. They've both gotten hot from three-point range. Appleby had 26 against Auburn. Um, so both of those guys have kind of found their shots a little bit there. Um, I, overall, they would like to go inside and be more in their uh, in their front court. Uh, but but if they, you know, if you force them to shoot the ball, they can shoot the ball. It's just they're very inconsistent. Appleby and Jones can go 0 for 10, and then they can go out there and go 6 for 10. Andrew, I do want to shift gears a little bit with you since we have you on and, and look at the football side of things too because I know – Football is always going on in the SEC, and Florida has a new coach, a new administration, and it's crazy to think a year ago that this was uh, even going to be happening, but definitely got a, a whole new vibe down there with Billy Napier. Just what's what's been going on with him? Because from what I hear, it's going really well for Coach Napier in his first few months down there as Florida's head coach. Yeah, I mean, it's night and day. You went from a guy who just didn't care about anything and Dan Mullen to a guy in Billy Napier who he cares about, you know, what kind of paper towels are in the kitchen. Uh, and and that's not the that's not me over exaggerating. Every little thing about the football program Billy Napier is taken serious. Uh, you know, Dan Mullen was kind of well, he wasn't kind of, he was criticized for his comments about not recruiting not being recruiting season in the middle of football season. Billy Napier's made it a point. It's recruiting every day. He had, he's built a staff that's about 50-plus with uh, off-the-field guys included. Um, they're recruiting every day. Um, March looks like a big recruiting uh, weekend or a couple weeks for them during spring practice. And, you know, he's getting the players bought in. They're doing a lot more running and conditioning uh, than they were in the past. And uh, guys are starting to buy in. Uh, one of the biggest things uh, under Dan Mullen was, Players didn't think Mullen cared for him too much, and it showed in different things. And Billy Napier's been on campus now, you know, over about two months now, maybe a little more than two months. He's already got their parking situation fixed. They're having better food, and just the small things that can get your team to really rally around you and just kind of buy in and go to war for you. Billy Napier's doing that, so just a huge night and day difference from Dan Mullen now to Billy Napier. Had a couple of quarterbacks that played this past season, Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson kind of did some back and forth. So who's who's going to be the starting quarterback there? What's that situation going to be? 
Yeah, we'll see. They also added in Ohio State quarterback Jack Miller. Uh, he transferred in. He's going to go through the spring. And uh, Anthony Richardson's kind of questionable for the spring. He had a meniscus tear. He had surgery on that right before the bowl game in December. So we'll see how much he's able to go in, in spring ball. Um, and then it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Emory Jones. I mean, before the bowl game, there was reports out there, and we'd even heard the same thing that Emory was looking to transfer. And uh, now he's there, he's working out, and there's still that possibility he graduates in May that maybe he decides to transfer after this spring semester. Um, I think that's one of the intriguing battles this year or this spring is to see, you know, can Anthony Richardson practice, first of all, and if he can, how, how quick can he pick up on the playbook and understand the reads? That was a, a big struggle for him under Mullen. And then is Emory Jones. Was it a simple uh, a fix of, okay, a different mindset, a different terminology at a quarterback coach um, that can help him get some things going? Or does a guy like Ohio State's Jack Miller, who transferred in, does he get it going and, and show him that, okay, maybe I was better than some of those guys at Ohio State? Yeah, that's what's been the so fascinating thing of just the Florida and the, and the transition and how quickly it's moved, too, and – uh, it seems like uh, that uh, whatever Billy Napier's doing, there's going to be some success there as well. But, uh, I mean, is it going to be Georgia's division, though? Is it always going to be just about, like, Florida and Georgia this upcoming year? Like, can they compete right away? Or is it going to be something where it's going to be a rebuilding process and take a few years? I mean, you know, Georgia loses a lot. I mean, we know that. Uh, that defense is, is taking a, a huge hit here in the next what, uh, two months when that draft happens. And, so it'll be interesting to kind of see where, you know, how they rebound defensively. Obviously, from a talent standpoint, they're going to be better than Florida. Um, they're, 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 they recruited so much better. I mean, Dan Mullen's recruiting was non-existent. So uh, you would expect it to be Georgia's division there. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Florida's any worse than the rest of the teams in the East when you look at Tennessee and South Carolina and, um, you know, Vandy, obviously. I mean, Vandy's not going to compete there. Uh, you, you look at some of those teams in the East, Florida should be able to, to finish second. Uh, and that game in Jacksonville should, you know, kind of decide the East there. Uh, but it, it should be Georgia's division, at least for this year. Um, the offense and defensive line for Florida has to be rebuilt. Um, and, and, you know, credit to Billy Napier. He's doing that. He's doing that in the recruiting. Uh, he's doing that in the transfer portal and plans to continue to do that in the spring transfer portal. So uh, I would say it's definitely Georgia. Now, obviously, Florida could pick up a couple transfers here in the spring to help on the line. And one of those quarterbacks can come out and play well, then maybe they can compete with Georgia. All right, last one for what you get out of here, Andrew. Since we're covering all sports, we know baseball is starting up and we know Florida baseball is one of those programs that's always going to be in the mix of everything. Uh, what what do you make of them this year? And also, I don't know if you got a chance to see Dave Van Horn's comments when he brought up O'Sullivan and how they're both kind of on the same wavelength when it comes to how they coach and all of that. But just give us a status of what uh, Florida baseball is looking like right now. Yeah, struggled this weekend. Dropped two out of three to, to Liberty. And uh, on Friday night, Hunter Barco came out and threw the ball really well. Sterling Thompson had two home runs, including the grand slam. And they looked really good. And then Saturday and Sunday – Pitching was terrible. Um, didn't get any starting pitching at all. Uh, on, on Saturday, they hit five batters and walked six. Uh, and we all know that's a recipe to lose and lose uh, very badly. Um, and, and luckily, Florida was able to kind of stay in there. And they had opportunities late in the game and, 
and just didn't finish it off. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, when it comes time for SEC play, I, I definitely think Florida is one of the top teams in the country there. They've got to figure out what they're going to do on Saturday and Sunday from a starting pitching uh, standpoint. They've got a lot of arms there. Uh, you know, maybe it's, it's a, an opener like they did last year a little bit just to figure out a way to, to get some length out of this pitching staff because that's been the problem in, in those Saturday and Sunday games of Liberty. They got behind early and that their offense was, you know, in typical preseason form per se, where they were still trying to catch up a little bit. The middle of the order, uh, Kendrick County uh, was 0 for 12 over the weekend. So four and five didn't hit very well and pitching wasn't very good. That was a recipe to lose. But when it comes time for SEC play, I expect this to be one of the teams that's very good. It's just figuring out starting pitching. And I think that's kind of a lot of teams around the country uh, outside of not Vanderbilt.